The first steps to getting lives back in order. This is a special edition of the Upper Cumberland at 5. I'm Larry Stone. And I'm Rafferty Cleary. The death toll remains at 18 from yesterday's early morning storm. The number of people unaccounted for reduced to just three at this hour. Putnam County officials asked for the TBI's help this afternoon to try to accurately account for those missing. If you know these people or are on this list, please call the emergency operations number 646-INFO. According to the TBI, these three individuals are David Phillips, Diana Lynn Hamilton, and Michael Roberts. A warm, sunny day today provided a long day for Putnam County emergency officials and hundreds of volunteers to get to work on the cleanup. Traffic early this morning backed up as far as Interstate Drive and Highway 111 as volunteers gathered in downtown Cookville, anxious to help. Crossville's Michael Smith, one of those who showed up early this morning. They, they need what help they can get. From what I've seen yesterday, it was just totally devastation everywhere. Laura Phillips brought her husband's homemade muffins from Livingston to give to the volunteers. There is a ton of people that can tell you how good they are. And he was up at 1 a.m. because he could not sleep, making homemade from scratch muffins. By midday, so many volunteers had arrived that Cookville police asked the community to hold on any more volunteer efforts. The traffic and congestion simply too much along the Highway 70 corridor. Tomorrow, officials have asked that no one except emergency workers and homeowners be in the area. Police reminded all of the Upper Cumberland there will be plenty more opportunities to volunteer in the coming days. And the nickname Volunteer State, it sure rang true today. We spoke with a woman earlier who is thankful for the volunteers, but also for a very special neighbor. It don't seem real. But it's very real. And Zella Pippen has a lot to be thankful for today. I was, uh, I had went to bed and I was reading. And it kept, uh, all later it started that flash lightning. A few minutes later, an F3 tornado began ripping the 77-year-old's house apart. She fell at one point, unable to move or get up. But it was her neighbor, Rodney Mathis, who stepped in from there. And I was hollering, I could hear him holler, Zella, Zella, I was screaming, come and get me, <laughs> I can't get up. And he come and bless his heart. He put my shoes on and tied them, and he tried to put them on the hands, but I was in shock, I guess. And then he raised, you know, he got around my waist, and he said, come on, we got to get out of here. And there was glass in my, in my bedroom floor, pictures blowing off of my window. Math is now being held a hero by Zella's daughter, Penny Johnson, who traveled from Jacksonville, Florida today. And he goes, I don't know how I made it through the house. He said, I just knew I had to. In the dark, in the middle of the night, in the storm, and pulled her out, and she's fine. The home, not so much. Total destruction, but Johnson says that's okay, because a home can be replaced. She's just grateful for folks like Rodney and a whole bunch of volunteers who showed up today. When you get the phone call, I was so glad my mom was okay. I was like, oh, it's a house, it's fine. Uh, and didn't get teary until I got here today and saw the people. I mean, there were football players and basketball players, high school kids and neighborhood. I, I have no idea where everyone came from, but it's amazing. They're cleaning and clearing and doing everything they can. It's absolutely 
amazing. This community is absolutely amazing. Chase McMillan and his landscaping crew make up that absolutely amazing community. They put schedules aside today and found themselves in the Highway 70 corridor, helping folks like Zella Piven. You know, it was crazy, my guys. I, I just, I didn't know how many people were going to be out here. We kind of gone to a job that we were just doing for somebody, and all my guys looked at me and said, we don't want to work, we want to help. And it just kind of sets you back. You just, you don't think that from people. You know, people are, a lot of people are about money, and, and money doesn't matter. You know, things don't matter. Family and friends matter. You can't replace that. And so it just, I don't know, it's a great thing, everybody wanting to help and just taking their time. Numerous other volunteers responding to Zella's home today, along with TTU fraternities, also members of the Upperman High School basketball team. Larry, just a small example of the many acts of kindness being shown all across the community today. Eighteen people, including five children, have now been confirmed dead from yesterday's tornado. All have been identified. The final victim identified early this morning. She is Stephanie Fields, a female in her 30s. Believe that she was a resident or at least staying in the Echo Valley Apartments area. The other victims, Jessica Clark, a female in her 30s. Amanda Cole, a 34-year-old female. Hattie Collins, a child between the ages of 3 and 4. Dawson Curtis, a 6- to 7-year-old female. 54-year-old Terry Curtis, Aaron Kimberlin, a female in her 30s, Joshua Kimberlin, a male in his 30s, Sawyer Kimberlin, a 2- to 3-year-old male. Also dying Tuesday morning in the tornado, Todd Kohler, a male in his 50s, Sue Kohler, a female in her 50s, 67-year-old female Patricia Lane, 28-year-old female Lisa Littenberry, Harlan Marsh, a male between the ages of four and five. Bridget McCormick, a 12 to 13 year old female. Keith Selby, a male. Kathy Selby, a female. And Jamie Smith, a 30 to 35 year old female. We will get the latest information if there have been any more victims and also in the update on the number of missing that is now down to just three at a briefing just moments away. We'll bring that to you live. Both FEMA and TEMA officials were on site today surveying the needs and the damage. We asked Governor Bill Lee if he was satisfied with the response of both state and federal officials. Truly is a disaster. It's been absolutely heartbreaking uh, to see and to see it firsthand as I have. I've been on the ground in multiple places and right there in uh, Putnam County and talked to victims and families, walked through the neighborhoods there. It's heartbreaking, uh, and people's lives have been changed in an instant. But it is also very encouraging to see the way response has been handled, uh, both from the governmental side and the official side, but also from the people of Tennessee side. So we've had uh, a call from the president and and conversations back and forth with FEMA. We've had a very coordinated effort between state and local officials, as well as the federal government. Uh, I've been very impressed with the way FEMA um, reacted immediately when the storm hit and the processes that, that have taken place ever since. There's been a very strong coordinated effort 
that's been impressive. And, you know, needs are being met, shelters are there, roads are being cleared, security is there. And as I've said, government can do a lot of the needs meetings, but hope, hope is what people need in the midst of this hopelessness. And and, and certainly God provides hope through the hands and feet and hearts of people that serve their neighbors. So that's been inspiring as well. But I'm I'm very encouraged with the response. As heartbreaking as this has been, Tennesseans are, what, are doing what Tennesseans always do, and that's uh, respond. I'm sure then that it doesn't surprise you at all that uh, so many volunteers showing up uh, th- just a little earlier this afternoon, they had to issue a call for no more volunteers. Yeah, that's uh, incredible, isn't it? <laughs> we, are, uh, we are certainly a volunteer state, and it shows in a time like this. I, I really think... Uh, in the hardest of times, the best of people comes out, and we've seen that. When I when I landed yesterday and met with uh, Mayor Shelton and Mayor Porter, uh, and then they traveled with us into into the worst of neighborhoods, we saw people there lined up to help. And this was yesterday morning when we got over there, late morning, and. Uh, it's it's been a, a a bright spot of hope in the midst of some real real tragic circumstances. As you get on the ground here in Putnam County yesterday, what's going through your mind as you're starting to see uh, the damage that that affected this area along Highway 70? You know, um, it was certainly hard to take in. Um, first, we saw it from the air, which is a very unique uh, perspective that I've never had, of course, and and seeing the line of storm damage as it, you know, as you flew over it for several miles, um, and the debris field for those, for that length of, of mileage is a very fascinating perspective, but it was hard to take in the amount of devastation. The number of people standing there uh, with nowhere to go, combing through stuff, trying to find their own personal belongings, one one lady I spoke with, one young lady had identified her neighbor's body and was looking for another neighbor that was had not been located yet. It, it was just uh, hard to take in. And and the, the rubble is rubble, and there's a lot of damage and lost, um, you know, property. But behind every piece of property, there's there's a family or a, a life or a job lost, or, a, you know, it's it's tough to take in. Governor Bill Lee, what prepares you when you are someone who has taken on a job like you have to be the governor of this state? What prepares you to deal with these kinds of situations? Well, you know, um, being prepared as a state prepares you for the situation. So I, I, I'll address it two ways. The first is, is just that. You know, the, the day after I came into office, I started asking our teams about um, disaster recovery and emergency preparedness because I knew that it could happen any day as governor, and I wanted to know where we were. So I met with our team of officials early on, like within days of, of – uh, coming into office and said, 
brief me on exactly what's going to happen when we do this or that or the other or when this happens. I want to know about communications. I want to know about uh, supply lines. And so we have a very strong plan in the state of Tennessee, and that prepares you because you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear that tornadoes are ripping through the state and people are dying, and there's a lot of comfort to be able to walk out there, certainly heartbroken, but comforted knowing that we know how to respond in the state and we know how to meet the needs of people. That prepares you. By being prepared, you're prepared. But also, I think just, you know, recognizing and remembering that uh, that in the midst of tragedy, we have to look for redemption and hope. And, you know, I've been through some personal tragedies myself that required me to uh, that required me to tap into resources of people and and neighbors and uh, the church that uh, to help meet the needs that my family faced at the moment of crisis. When you when you when you experience that, you know it's real, and you know how desperately that's needed in communities. That's that's why I felt prepared to stand before the press yesterday and say, you know, we can meet the needs, but. But, but people need hope, and they're going to find it from you out there. Um, I, I experienced that firsthand. I, I'm so grateful we live in a state where people take care of their neighbors and where we see that happening already uh, right here, in, right here in, in your community. State officials arrived with a Department of Insurance mobile unit to assist those needing information on insurance it has been staged at the Tennessee Avenue Operations Center. In addition, a mobile driver's license unit has been set up at this time at the Tennessee Avenue location to assist anyone who lost their license in the storm. Uh, state officials reminding you this is only for those affected by the tornado. A curfew has been established for the areas around Highway 70 for tonight. The curfew begins at 7 o'clock tonight and will continue until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. No one will be allowed to go in or out of the affected areas during this time. Also, Putnam County officials asking that only first responders, electrical workers, county officials, and tornado victims be in the area of Highway 70 tomorrow. Volunteers appreciated. You will be needed during the cleanup process, but tomorrow officials have specific focus. They also, of course, are worried about the weather because we are expecting some rain and colder temperatures tomorrow and they want to make sure they can get the most done. Let's go now to the Putnam County Emergency Management Office and uh, briefing to get the latest information from Randy Porter, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, and Cookville Mayor Ricky Shelton. Good evening. Putnam County continues to recover from the major tornado damage we have completed our first search of all the damage area. We're approximately 90% complete with our second search. We plan to have the remaining 10% of that second search complete by noon tomorrow. We have made some great progress today. We have decreased the number of unaccounted persons to three. As you well know, that started out at about 88 and we have worked it down uh, through the day today to only three. The good news is, is our death count has not risen. We still remain at 18. I will tell you, though, that uh, today 
there was the remains, a skeleton remains found of, of a body uh, in the area, but we do not think that it is storm-related. Uh, it appeared to have been there for a year or so, and I'll let Sheriff Ferris, as he gives his account, uh, go into that with more details. We released a list of the deceased this morning to you. We have identified all of the 18 deceased. Um, we have been overwhelmed with volunteers today. Uh, we asked for volunteers to show up this morning at 8 a.m. Uh, there were hundreds. We actually had one of our major thoroughfares in Cookville, South Jefferson Avenue, backed up for approximately two miles with folks trying to get in. Uh, we deeply appreciate everyone that showed up to help. We estimated that all in total we had somewhere around 2,500 people uh, that came to Putnam County or folks that already live here that are our citizens that came out to help. Uh, we can never uh, voice words uh, that shows our deepest gratitude and appreciation for all the outpouring we have seen from our community, whether it's been those volunteers coming out, whether it's been our large construction companies that have uh, brought in heavy equipment to help our road and street departments with uh, clearing the roads and clearing debris. Uh, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, food donations, uh, monetary donations, uh, supplies. Uh, it continues to uh, pour in. And for all of that, for whoever you are and wherever you are, our deepest appreciation to you. Uh, with all the devastation of the power lines and utilities in the area, uh, it has been slow with the power companies. I've been able to restore power. For any of you who have been down there, you've seen. We started out with about 5,500 customers without power. Uh, that has been decreased now to about 2,000 customers, most of those being in that devastated area. Uh, power companies continue to try to isolate that area out and restore power. Uh, they're working 24-7 around the clock to do that. Uh, several power companies from around other areas of not only the state but the country have come in to help, and uh, that has been a massive undertaking, and it continues. Due to that undertaking that we plan on having tomorrow, we're going to ask that no volunteers come to the area tomorrow. Uh, the power companies are planning on uh, stretching cable, uh, which makes the area very dangerous for folks to be in. And our main concern is, is that we have no one else get hurt uh, from this disaster. So I hope everyone understands that public safety has to come first. We will notify everyone about when we will start allowing volunteers to come back in. That could be as early as Friday or Saturday, depending on how well tomorrow goes uh, with the restoration of utilities, not only the power lines, telephone lines, uh, gas, water. Uh, we had some major devastation to all those utilities in the area from the tornado. Uh, we still have a few people that are in our Red Cross shelter here locally at the First Baptist Church. Uh, that number remains uh, very low. Uh, most of those folks have went to stay with family, friends, or in some of our uh, local uh, hotels and motels. Our distribution center, which was set up at the uh, Cooble Community Center, continues to operate. That location is 240 Carlin Avenue. That is set up for anyone affected by the storm to be able to come and receive water, a non-perishable food, uh, baby clothes, diapers, supplies. Uh, it has been amazing. 
at the uh, amount of supplies and stuff that has been donated. Uh, we've been, actually even had tractor trailer trucks come in uh, loaded with water and, and other supplies that have uh, been brought in. So we want to make sure that we put out to everyone, if you were affected by the storm, there is a lot of supplies and food available to you. Uh, if you'll just come to our uh, distribution center, which is the Cookville Community Center at 240 uh, Carlton Avenue. Uh, now I'm going to turn it over to Sheriff Eddie Farris for uh, an update on our search efforts. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening. Uh, as Mayor Porter, uh, Porter stated, we are 90% completed with our search. Um, one upbeat uh, bit of information we'd like to talk about, we uh, certainly talked about the 20 to 25 acre field that we were concerned about uh, the last two press conferences. Uh, we are almost through that entire field area. Uh, the other 10% remaining is that particular area. Uh, we will complete that uh, starting uh, tomorrow and finish that uh, by noon tomorrow at the latest. Um, <clears throat> we will have law enforcement and first responders uh, there tonight uh, on the scene uh, working around the clock. Uh, curfew is active uh, starting at 7 p.m. tonight till 8 uh, a.m. in the morning. And the curfew is only affected to, to the affected area. It's only uh, required in the affected area. It's not for the whole county. We had a little confusion last night on that. Um, we have asked and received from the FAA a temporary flight restriction over the area. Uh, we had some uh, uh, issues the last couple of days with uh, flights coming over and flying at low uh, altitude and sort of hindering some of our search and uh, getting in our space. Uh, that also is restricted for drones as well. Uh, that'll be in effect until Friday at 10 a.m. Um, as Mayor Porter stated, we uh, did find a body today as we uh, were searching for the tornado victims. Uh, the body had been there for quite some time. Uh, it, it is being worked as a death investigation by Cooper Police Department uh, and is an ongoing investigation and there's not a whole lot else to report on that. Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Mayor Shelton. Good evening. Uh, as you can see behind us, we have established a monetary donation site, and it's Cookville Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund. There are a couple of ways right now that you can, that <clears throat> individuals can donate to that. That is at all 19 locations of Bank of Putnam County, or we have a Venmo set up or we will have a PayPal set up by tomorrow. And all those links are on my um, Facebook page and they're also on our um, uh, EMA pages and Mayor Porter pages as well. We still have, continue to utilize the help now at PutnamCountyTN.gov and that's for any uh, information or if you want, if you need to uh, offer services to donate or anything, any product to donate. Uh, the, the number you also know, 931-646-INFO, 931-646-4636 is still active for general information. We also have the food distribution to victims number, which uh, is 931-526-8015 if you have anything that needs, that you want to make sure that gets to the people that have been affected. And then we have a number for if you have an organization that wants to provide food for workers uh, on site, we have a number for that as well, and that is 
presently in the city of Cofield, my reporter talked about the, the, the amount of people without power. That That is in the inside, outside the city limits, uh, served by Upper Cumberland Electric Membership Corporation. Inside the city limits of Cookville, there are 150 customers still without power, and that will be down to 75 within two hours. So the other, the, the rest of that will be finalized tomorrow. Um, also, the Putnam County Schools will have open sites uh, to provide childcare from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, only for families that have been affected by the storm. So that, that's what the site is for. And these will be located at Baxter Primary, Cornerstone, Cane Creek Elementary, Upper Middle School, and Upper Man High School. Also, um, we, have, we continue to have reports of, of people finding things in their yard. The, the debris field was miles uh, long. So if, in fact, you find something in the yard that is of a personal nature, a picture, uh, or something that you think might need to get back to someone that it belonged to. We, um, any kind of artifact like that, we have an area set up inside the Cookville Community Center that you can turn those into. And um, if you happen to, if, if it's within the, the range of the affected area, those can be turned in at the command center on site. But if it's outside, as it was at my house and others, then uh, turn that in at the Cookville Community Center and there will be an effort to get those back to or have a place that people can come and view those and, and then we'll figure out what to do with those at a later time. So um, again, continue to ask for prayers for our community, especially the families that will unfortunately be burying their loved ones over the next uh, several days. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mayor Shelton. Uh, let me say on behalf of all of us, the cooperation that we have received from our state officials and federal officials has been amazing. Uh, calls uh, multiple times a day from uh, from our congressmen and our senators and the White House and our governor, and and uh, we've just been uh, amazed at the outpouring of support, uh, which is the way it should be, the way our government is supposed to work, and it has. And there has been absolutely nothing that we have asked for that we have not received uh, from both the state and the federal level. And we're proud to have Congressman John Rose uh, with us uh, tonight, and I'd like to ask him to come and say a few words. Thank you, Mayor Porter. It's a, it's a privilege to be here, and I want to just begin by applauding our local officials, uh, Mayor Porter, Mayor Shelton, Sheriff Ferris, and their team of uh, first responders here in Cookville and Putnam County for the fantastic effort uh, that they've made in the last two days to uh, help the community uh, respond to this uh, to this tragedy. Uh, it, it earlier today had the opportunity to view the uh, the affected areas, and uh, it is horrific the the damage that the community has sustained. But it is also inspiring to see the outpouring of volunteers and the dedicated public servants that we have who are responding to that. And uh, it is, uh, I think, a unique indication of the great power of this country to see those volunteers and to see our first responders and see local officials uh, providing that initial response. Uh, as Mayor Porter indicated, uh, both I and the other members of Tennessee's congressional delegation have uh, committed to work 
cooperatively with the, the governor's administration or Governor Lee's administration to make sure that the federal response is what it should be. It's my understanding that efforts uh, are well underway to submit uh, the request for disaster declaration, and that will be forthcoming uh, at the appropriate time. And uh, I have assurances both from the White House and from my colleagues uh, in the Congress that uh, the appropriate federal response will be there. And so again, uh, our heart pours out to the families that have lost loved ones, to this community uh, that will uh, now undertake a very long process of healing. And uh, our, our, heart, uh, our hearts ache for these folks. And uh, they're our, our families, our neighbors, our friends. And uh, uh, we have a long healing process, but uh, uh, a great community that's pulling together to help make that happen. Thank you. Thank you, Congressman Rose. We appreciate you being here and all your support that you've shown us. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, the outpouring of support and love from our community um, has been nothing short of amazing. Uh, from the bottom of all of our hearts and everyone involved, we want to say thank you to everyone for everything that's been done. Uh, please keep those families in your prayers and also our workers, our emergency service workers, law enforcement that are going through these dangerous areas. Uh, with all the debris as they work on a day-to-day -day basis and making sure that uh, everyone is accounted for. Unless something major happens uh, through the night or tomorrow morning, our next uh, update will not be until tomorrow evening at 515. And we'll answer any questions if you have any tonight. Yes, I have a question. Good yes. evening. Um, my first question for you is just can you talk about the process on how you've been able to make contact with family members who um, – are missing their loved ones, and then how are you able to then contact them when they've been found, or at least contact the public when their loved ones have been found? We started a process in the very beginning uh, with our 646 info number that allowed our local residents uh, or families from anywhere to call if they had missing loved ones that they had not been able to make contact with. We started creating a database of those folks. Uh, we have constantly been working not only with local law enforcement, but also the TBI has their mobile command center set up here. They have been a, a major, a major help to us in, in locating these folks. Uh, some of that has been just by going to the families' homes, to uh, friends' houses, looking for them. Uh, we have been working with those folks that called in with us to, to help us tell us if they've located the, the folks. And we've been able to, to work through that process and get that down to just three people that, that we know of uh, that are not accounted for. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a, it's been a time-consuming process. But our goal in this is we've got to make sure that everyone is accounted for that, that we know of that uh, has not been uh, contacted or is, is still missing. Kyle News Channel 5. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you guys think the injury number is? We know the deaths, you know how many people are still missing, but how many people were injured? We had 88 people that were treated at Cooper Regional Medical Center. Uh, some of those uh, with serious injuries. We did have some of those uh, patients that were transferred to Nashville hospitals by helicopter. We may have had some others that went by ground. Uh, we may have had some folks that were injured that didn't actually go to Cooper Regional, could have went to local doctor's offices, uh, to other surrounding hospitals. But as far as the official number that we know of, that was 88. Do you have the names of the three people who are still missing? 
We do. We will be releasing those to you immediately following this press conference. And uh, we would hope that you would get those names out for us. And if anyone knows any of those folks or knows their whereabouts or has made contact with them, we'd appreciate it if you'd call us at the 646-4636 number. That's the area code 931. Do you have an estimate on the number Our, our folks and FEMA and TEMA and everyone's been in the field, especially today, doing damage assessments. Uh, we're guesstimating that it's uh, it's, all, it's somewhere in that 150 to 200 range. But th there's been a lot of structures that have minor damage that, that we're not really accounting for right now. We're talking about structures with major damage. We think we could have in the 75 to 100 structures that or have major damage or have been destroyed. You have some areas that the houses are totally gone, just like they never never were there. So uh, it's difficult with all of the debris and the damage and the down power lines for them to do their ass assessments, but that continues and will continue until we complete the assessment, but that may be a few days from now. So all of my numbers that I'm giving you are total guesses and estimates. We do not have a final count yet. The state insurance commissioner was here today, as you probably, when you saw, you came in. We have several of our insurance companies have mobile sites set up. Uh, they are working with all of those folks, but we don't have an idea of how many of them actually had insurance or didn't have insurance. Can you clarify the number again? Did you say 150 to 200 had major damage? No, I said we thought 150 to 200 had damage, is what I meant to say. We're not for sure on that number. As I said, those are total guesses. Uh, until we're able to finish our assessment, it's those are total estimates. Has FEMA or National Weather Service been able to tell you, is this the same tornado that started in Nashville? They were here today, uh, the National Weather Service and FEMA. Uh, we have not heard back as to the strength of that tornado. Uh, I think in our minds, we think it was the same one, but we don't, they have not given us any information to let us know that yet. We hope to have that information tomorrow. Yes. Sheriff, have you all been holding off on actually removing debris until you've made this second pass? Was that a deliberate uh, delay? No, we have not been delaying anything. We've been working. Well, what uh, I mean is like not actually hauling out debris because you were making this second pass. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. We, we went, did one pass through, uh, checked all the houses, went through the debris the best we can, and then the second pass through is where we started removing rubble and making from one pile to another pile and looking and searching uh, within the structure. And that second pass, is it, have you all found anything because of the second pass or it just gives you confidence that it's not there? We have not. We're making, we're just trying to give us a double check on that. Yes. Any other looting issues at all? None whatsoever. Uh, we, we had a strong law enforcement presence along with other uh, rescue and fire and all the other uh, agencies, but we have not. Has anyone um, made any sort of economic impact calculation from the storm? Lost properties, lost productivity? Not yet, but that will be part of the process, uh, especially with FEMA and, and TEMA as we work through this. That's going to be a time-consuming effort also. Let me also say that uh, our road supervisor, Randy Jones, is in the back of the room. Uh, him and, and Greg Brown, the street department director, 
they have worked tirelessly to make sure that all of our roads have been cleared. All of those are passable. Uh, it allows our emergency responders, law enforcement, everyone that are doing these searches and, and folks to be able to get through the roads. Uh, and we want to say a great debt of gratitude to our local construction companies who have donated all kinds of big equipment and trucks and so forth that have been out helping the road department to make sure that they uh, clear the roads, but just realize that that's been a major undertaking in itself. I know there were about 2,500 volunteers this morning said. That's And that's a guess, but that's, that's just by folks looking at the scene and knowing how many people that we went in. But we had a lot of folks that came to the scene this morning that did not go through our, our planned organization of volunteers and just showed up and went in. Uh, which which caused some some issues this morning. Uh, we've worked through that through the day. We're very thankful for everyone that showed up, uh, but we're just asking that tomorrow that we're not going to allow any volunteers in and allow the power companies to do some hazardous work that they've got to do because we don't want to see anyone get hurt. Other questions? On your list of the deceased, how many of them do you think were in the room area? Uh, do we have those narrowed down? I don't think we do right now. We're still, uh, I don't think we have those narrowed down yet. We're still just working on the, the list, and uh, we haven't actually started calculating and putting who was found where and uh, that sort of thing. We have not done that yet. Thank you. As far as those that, were, that weren't accounted for but now are, what are some of the ways that people were getting in touch with you to let you know that they were Missing. Most of those came with telephone calls to the Emergency Operations Center. Uh, some of that came from the TBI, our local law enforcement, and our Emergency Operations Center calling, making contacts with family members they may be able to look up. We've used social media, we've used the internet, we've used uh, school system records uh, to try to tie families together to figure out if we could get in touch with uh, some of the family to find out if they had made contact with them. Uh, it's not just been any one effort. It's been a combination combination of efforts. I do have another question. I okay. apologize if you've addressed this in prior briefings, but was there um, was there any issue with getting alerts to people's cell phones? Um, I did talk to one man today who didn't get an alert before the tornado hit. He, he said that he thought an alert would have woken him up and he didn't get one. Do you know anything about that? Well, we have every alert system that, that uh, a very sophisticated one, but you have to realize that uh, uh, cell phones don't always work. And, and with uh, you already had the storm damage that started happening in Nashville or even west of that moving across the state. And from what we understood from state officials, uh, there were over 200 cell towers affected across the state. Uh, I know I got numerous alerts, uh, but uh, there's no way to guarantee that everyone got an alert. I will say, uh, what what I think made this storm very bad is is the time of night that it happened, just shy of 2 a.m. in the morning. Most folks are asleep. 
Uh, one thing you have to make sure is, is that you have emergency alerts turned on on your phone uh, to be able to get those. I'm not saying anyone did or didn't, uh, but we did everything we possibly could. The National Weather Service, even the local or local news medias that have all these apps and everything that, that put these alerts out. We have an emergency management app that most a lot of folks have downloaded in our county that puts those uh, alerts out. Just realize that tornado, when it lifted out, if it was the same one coming out of Nashville, Mount Julian, the Lebanon, then lifted out, and there was no sign of it then until it touched back down into into Putnam County, from what we understand. So there wasn't a lot of time uh, from the time that those alerts uh, went out for the from the time that the tornado hit. So, uh, but I think it happening early in the morning like that was it was definitely a part of, of of the loss of life when most folks were sleeping. Is the county considered tornado sirens? We have several. That are throughout the county or just we have several. The, the thing about warning sirens is they were never developed for uh, people inside your house. They were developed for the outdoors. Uh, the range of those sirens is very small. Uh, we have uh, we have several across the, the cities and out in the county, but uh, we found that uh, the alert system through the cell phones and through the landlines and, and social media and those kind of things uh, work better uh, for the folks that, that are on the inside. Most folks inside their house that would have been sleeping, I don't think would have been able to hear a, a warning siren. Anybody else? On, on, on the cell phone issue, are, is there any thought of bringing in any other mobile technology that will boost the cell signals? Because right now everybody's struggling as you Yes, we actually have had uh, portable towers that were brought in yesterday. Uh, I know by Verizon and AT&T, uh, there could have been others uh, that I'm not aware of, but I know those did. They brought them in into the affected area. Uh, there was a problem yesterday, I think, with the with the actual connections that went between the cell towers back out to the cell companies. I understood at one time there was down to only one connection that was carrying all that bandwidth. Uh, of course, that's been restored and, and back up. So I, I know, and I think Sheriff Ferris knows that today we have seen much better cell phone uh, coverage than we Absolutely. did uh, after the storm uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but uh, that technology was definitely affected by all the damage. Other questions? Could you each go through your names so we have the spellings? We're going to leave uh, the press conference as the television reporters do what they normally do. Ninety percent of the first search completely completed, according to Randy Porter, Ricky Shelton, and Sheriff Ferris. Two thousand people without power, according to Upper Cumberland Electric in Cookville. Some one hundred fifty people without power in the city of Cookville. Uh, they got most of that 25-acre field finished, uh, which is great news. And, and the other great news, Rafferty, uh, two pieces. One, we're down to three names that are unaccounted for, and the death toll did not rise. Right. The uh, 10% that needs to be searched, that's that marshy area that they're still having to go through. And you know, wonder um, the rain tonight and, and what happens and how that hampers the remaining of uh, or affects the remaining 10% of that search also just to note the curfew in effect tonight that's from 7 p.m from 8 a.m and for avoid any confusion just for that general area where the uh 
uh, damage took place and also the temporary flight restrictions in the damage area as well. Those are being put in place. There is a little bit of good news on the weather front. Uh, what looked like to be a very steady rain uh, over the course of late tonight and tomorrow, they now are, are backing off of that a little bit. So we hope that uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed about that. This special edition of the Upper Cumberland at 5 continues in a moment. It is 543. Sponsored by SNR Guns, with over 200 years of combined experience. Expert gunsmiths and master trainers with a full line of top quality firearms and even pre-band weapons and magazines. Shop where the pros go. SNR Guns, 1656 Burgess Falls Road, Cookville. You've seen one gun shop, you've seen them all. Yeah, that's not true. When it comes to firearms, experience counts. And you'll appreciate that experience when you step inside SNR Guns in Cookville. Steve Johnson and Richard Stouter lead a team of four master gunsmiths and three expert firearm machinists. Combined, they've got over 200 years of solid professional experience, more than any other shop. That's how you know all gun shops are not created equally. SNR Guns is a federally licensed Class 3 dealer, authorized to deal with every type of firearm and accessory that can be legally owned in America. Never feel intimidated or pressured. Only feel educated and informed with your trip to SNR Guns. Hunting, sports shooting, professional law enforcement, or personal defense. SNR Guns professional training and assistance keeps you fully legal. Veteran owned and operated SNR Guns on Burgess Falls Road in Cookville with convenient layaway. Call 537-6862. That's 537-6862. And read all the reviews on Facebook. Experience counts. SNR Guns. Spring arrives soon. That means you have one of two decisions to make. Let me guess, lose weight or buy bigger clothes? No, it means you're either selling or making improvements to your home. Every dollar you spend on improvements or extra touches increases the value of your home. It's an instant return on your investment at resale time. I'm Frank. And I'm Jay. At 1L Lee Moldings and Hardwoods, we supply the Upper Cumberland with fine quality lumber that can create a rustic look for any room. 1L Lee also specializes in custom, one-of-a-kind, made-to-order moldings for your design project. And if we can't find it, we'll make it. Breathtaking hardwood flooring for your living room, gorgeous paneling and siding for any wall or ceiling, one-of-a-kind doors, live-edge wood slabs, even 100-year-old hand-hewn beams, perfect for your fireplace. Whatever your vision is, 1L Lee can furnish it for less than you might imagine. Make your house breathtaking, no matter what your vision is. 1L Lee can furnish it all. Start imagining the possibilities today at 1L Lee Moldings and Hardwoods, 510 West Jackson in Cookville, online at 1LLee.com. The arrival of warmer days will usher in spring cleaning. Open windows. The names down to David Phillips, Diana Lynn Hamilton, and Michael Roberts. Again, David Phillips, Diana Lynn Hamilton, and Michael Roberts. If you know one of those individuals or if you are on the list yourself, please call emergency management at 646-INFO. Again, that number is 646-INFO. We heard Ricky or Mayor Ricky Shelton mention in the press conference that power restoration efforts are moving slow, but... There is some progress being made, uh, hopefully lots of progress within the next couple of hours. Upper Cumberland Electric Membership Corporation General Manager J Jimmy Gregory 
with an update on that situation. You see EMC crews are currently working to repair, well, basically rebuild approximately two miles of three-phase heavy conductor between Echo Valley pool area and just uh, west of UCEMC district office building. Uh, we should have work completed on approximately one mile of that line by the end of the day or tonight's work shift. Uh, but then that that line, that section of line normally feeds several hundred members or maybe more. The issue here is there's so much damage and so many homes destroyed that are not capable of receiving electric power that uh, the number of members, customers, we're going to pick up with that rest uh, rebuild is kind of limited. Um, we're, our crews are dealing with uh, a lot of a lot of heavy pedestrian vehicle traffic, but we've had excellent assistance from the Putnam County Sheriff's Office and emergency management officials. We will take this opportunity to express our sincere appreciation for their assistance. So that brings me down to their approximately is. Uh, about a thousand allergies remaining uh, out of this Cookville District office, and uh, the majority of those are in the North McBroom Chapel Road area, which includes Plunk Whitson and Blackman Fort. We are hopeful, uh, if nothing unforeseen happens, to have the power restored to these areas by midnight tonight. That's uh, that's uh, that's what we think we can do. We're going we're going to strive to do that, but. Something unforeseen happens that it might be early tomorrow between um, 6 a.m. and lunch. Jimmy, any concerns about the incoming weather that's heading our way as your crews continue to work just so hard to to, to get us back up in, in basically to normal operations? No concerns. Our crews are, are used to working in uh, inclement weather. <clears throat> They'll continue to work diligently. It could slow the work down minimal, minimally, but... Uh, our crews will handle it, and uh, I'll be happy to do so. If you ever had we, to uh, go ahead, Jimmy, I'm sorry. I'd like to add just a little bit to this. Uh, number one, uh, we have, as a matter of fact, uh, two crews from Tri County Electric have just pulled up at our Cookville District office parking lot, and we're going to get them started to work, which will aid in the effort to get that McBroom Branch area re energized. So, appreciate their help also. I'd like to address a little. As uh, far as bill payments and new service, our Cookville District office remains closed for normal business, such as bill payments and new service requests. Our members can pay their bills at any of UCEMC's open district offices, which would be Carthage, Gainsborough, or Livingston, uh, by calling one of our district offices. Uh, they can use the payment app, or, or they can go online. Also, they can use any operating kiosk. Prepaid members can also use the same procedure. And those members whose homes have been destroyed, uh, we, we, our hearts go out to them and we feel for them. Uh, they will need to contact their uh, UCEMC district office. They can do this at any office to request the service be disconnected. Otherwise, members' account will be handled with normal procedures. So I'd just like to get that out there as best we can. We've had a lot of questions about where can I pay my bill? I'd like to have a light installed. I need new service. Well, we're currently limping here in Cookville, but we hope things will return to a more normal uh, operating procedure here within the next 24 to 48 hours. 
meantime, the Bank of Putnam County will accept UCEMC bill payments at three locations in Cookville. That's 140 South Jefferson, 237 South Willow, and 1108 East 10th Street, also accepting at their Baxter location at 404 Main Street. National Weather Service crews have had a difficult time trying to fully assess what kind of tornado damage was seen in the Highway 70 corridor. Weather forecasters saying the damage assessment progressing slowly because it's been difficult just to get through the damage. At this point, they are estimating that it was at least an EF3 tornado that moved through Putnam County Tuesday morning. Putnam County School System confirmed Wednesday that two students died in the tornado that ripped through the Highway 70 corridor. Interim Director of Schools Corby King called Tuesday the most difficult day in his 21 years in the school system. Just the amount of devastation and loss with our school system, uh, it's just it's unimaginable. Uh, and there's not really any way to describe it. Uh, it's very difficult. Uh, but we have a very giving community and a very... Uh, the leaders uh, from both the county mayor, the city mayor, the sheriff, the chief of police, uh, the fire department, the rescue, uh, 911 EMS, we are so blessed in our community. Uh, so the EOC was activated yesterday morning. I know you've kind of been following those updates. Um, I think it was around 4.30 yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the school system is a part of that group. We're part of the emergency planning group. So I got the activation notice. Uh, when that went out yesterday morning and reported to the EOC, and uh, we had members of the community, all, you know, that, that were there. Uh, when I got there, we started meeting uh, uh, shortly after that. And yesterday was just really the search rescue moving through. And what we're working on in the school system is uh, identifying students, families, teachers, staff members that this uh, tragedy has affected. Have you all? At this point, been able to identify any of the uh, four mentioned you just said? We have. Uh, so we have two students uh, that lost their life yesterday in this uh, outbreak. Uh, a pre-K student at Cane Creek and an eighth-grade student at uh, Upperman Middle School. Uh, and then we also have uh, uh, some teachers uh that are, well, we also have three students that are at the hospital uh, still getting treatment. And then we have uh, some, a couple of former teachers uh, that uh, lost their life yesterday from what's been reported. And uh, these were people that had been in our system, and they still have friends that teach in the system, but had chosen to uh, move into other endeavors, uh, but, but still had close ties with our school system. And then we have many teachers, staff, students, staff members and students that lost their homes, uh, either completely uh, total devastation or uh, partial damage to their homes. I have not been able to find the words um, to describe the no. feelings when, 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 when news like that is broken. I, I don't know if you can at all in the position you're in. Um, it's just sad. I mean, that's the only no. thing I can say. No, there's not. Like I said earlier, yesterday was just incredibly difficult. Um, uh, kind of tough to hold it together at times. And I know for our staff, we've got people that are hurting, and that is really difficult. But I, I do want to talk about the good things that our staff is. You know, they're, they're, we have so many volunteers, not just in our community, but our teachers, our principals, 
uh, our district administrators, uh, our bus drivers, our food service workers. I mean, everyone's just reaching out wanting to help. What can we do to help? Uh, we had a team of counselors and social workers that worked with the health department yesterday and spent uh, several hours uh, at, at Church on the Hill with families who had lost uh, uh, loved ones. Uh, we had uh, principals and district administrators working yesterday to, to kind of start organizing, get our group together, and they're working today. Uh, to organize teams, uh, we want to focus right now, rapidly from the school system, on, on helping our people, our students and teachers that have lost homes uh, or have partial damage. Uh, we're organizing and trying to get groups out into the into those areas to help. But I also know that, uh, from what I'm hearing, the reports back from uh, Hobby Lobby and the community, we're really overrun with volunteers, which is a great problem to have. Yeah. Uh, but they're trying to get people out of the community and. I have been contacted by uh, all of the surrounding school systems, superintendents from all of them. What can we do to help? Can we send you people? What do you need? Um, superintendents across the state, same thing, school systems. That are, uh, what can we do to help? Our, our buses are running today, uh, shipping, uh, just busing volunteers from the uh, meet site at Hobby Lobby, sending uh, people out into the uh, cleanup zones. So we're helping by shuttling folks today. Uh, we'll continue that as long as that's ne- uh, needed for the community. I know the plans are for the next several days. Uh, we're going to open uh, five schools tomorrow for uh, respite sites for families who have been affected by the tragedy for students. It's uh, those sites. This will be, you know, if, if a student or has lost partially lost their home and the families need to uh, work with insurance companies. They need to focus on cleaning up or even figuring out what they're going to do in the short or the long term uh, to find home, uh, shelter. Uh, We want to give the students somewhere to go so so their parents can focus on those type things. Cane Creek Elementary School, Baxter Primary School, Cornerstone Elementary School, Upperman Middle School and Upperman High School will all be open tomorrow from 9 a.m. until 2. Again, this is for children of families directly impacted by the storms. Breakfast and lunch will be available for students at these sites. At these sites, rather, Again, Cane Creek, Baxter Primary, Cornerstone, Upperman Middle School, and Upperman High School open from 9 a.m. to 2. Corby King adds that none of the Putnam County schools suffered any damage during the storm. The Cookville Putnam County Animal Shelter is requesting those people who are missing pets to check on their lost pets in the wake of the storm. Power was restored to the animal shelter and the staff now on site to assist with helping victims in both locating and reuniting their lost pets. Cookville Putnam County Animal Shelter Operations Manager Kylie Coulter says the shelter will have an extended hold period of 10 days for pets being brought in because of the storm. Typically, we only hold for three business days before they're placed for adoption. But under these circumstances, we understand that people might be having difficulty with transportation or communication, just anything getting in the way. The shelter staff wants to reunite all lost animals, but Coulter says the shelter staff will be vigilant. We're trying not to put out a, a detailed description of the animals coming in because we are hoping that an owner coming trying to claim will be able to fill in those details. 
The shelter's Facebook page also includes an album of pets already at the shelter to assist owners of missing animals in finding their pets. Many homeowners are trying to turn to the business of rebuilding, and that starts with insurance. The State Department of Insurance on site today near the Emergency Operations Center off Tennessee Avenue. Kevin Walters is Communications Director for the Department of Commerce and Insurance. He has advice on what to do next. After your immediate needs, such as food and shelter and safety, are met, you know, you should consider your financial obligations. Walters says victims need to contact their insurance companies and creditors to let them know of their situation and to contact utility companies to turn off services. For help to residents with insurance claims, that pop-up site has been established to get the paperwork started. Disaster brings out the good in people and it brings out the worst in people. And the storm chasers and the fraud artists and the uh, problem contractors are going to be showing up in droves. Kevin Walters with the State Insurance Office. Rafferty, there's also, uh, there are varieties, sounds like many insurance companies have set up uh, in that particular area helping folks. Uh, the State Driver's License uh, Office, uh, I guess that's Department of Vehicles, uh, has set up a mobile station in that area. Yeah, and that's strictly for folks affected by the storm. So if you may have lost your license, um, destroyed uh, you can go there, and they can assist you in getting another license printed out and developed, which I think is a very useful tool that they're providing to the folks here. They can't do much without a license nowadays. This special edition of the Upper Cumberland at 5 continues at 6.01 from Light Rock 95.9 WLQK Livingston, 106.9 Kicks Country WKXD Monterey, Rock 93.7 WBXE Baxter, and News Talk 94.1 WCT. All good. 18 people dead in Putnam County. The good news is the death toll did not rise today as searchers were able to complete a lot of work on what was a sunny, warm day. The number of missing is also down to three people. The Tennessee Tennessee Bureau of Investigation working with Putnam County officials to try to find these three people. Those are David Phillips, Diana Lynn Hamilton, and... Michael Roberts. In minutes, we're going to bring you a complete list of all the activities that we understand that are going on in terms of people trying to help. So if you are someone who is in need of help, if you are someone uh, that was affected by the tornado that needs help, uh, we've got information for you. We'll run down our complete list here in just a couple of minutes. 18 people dead, five of them children. Jessica Clark fell victim to the Cookville tornado this week. Clark was the city hall receptionist for over six years for the city of Cookville. City manager James Mills says she was a dedicated worker. We're, we're brokenhearted. I'm brokenhearted. When I first heard the news, um, uh, it's crushed the city hall. Um, she was well-liked, well-respected. She had recently been promoted. Uh, they'd been moved uh, to the tax office and she was super excited about that. I've never seen her smile as much, and uh, it was a well-deserved promotion. She'd worked really, really hard for us, and uh, we're really going to miss her. And it really didn't you know, sunk in. Um, I already miss seeing her there every day, and I know it's been devastating for her parents and her brother, and our thoughts and prayers go out to them, but, but we want everybody to know that Jessica 
We'll be missed, and we've been blessed. We were so blessed to even get to know her. Clark was also a member of the Putnam County Fair Board. Clark worked with uh, former Vice President David Hunter on that board. Hunter said she was one of the most amazing people to have worked on the fair board. She had a heart of gold, and I'm going to tell you something. When she was your friend, she was your friend. She could can can goods out of the garden like you would never believe for somebody her age. And she was a giving person. She was an incredible person. If you knew Jessica, you had a good friend. Joshua, Aaron, and Sawyer Kimberlin fell victim to the Tuesday tornado. Eastside Church of Christ preacher Philip Martin used to preach at Jerry Whitson, where Joshua was an attendee. He says he met Joshua as a freshman in college. Josh came in as part of a group of young college kids that filled the space the congregation needed to take in its heart. Uh, They were young, they were enthusiastic, and... uh, Josh was just tremendously kind and generous. In time, uh, as is normal for most college kids, the scruffy freshman figured out how to comb his hair in the correct direction. And he and Aaron started dating. Martin recalled how nervous Joshua was when the relationship together got uh, serious. He told Josh, you're an idiot if you don't marry that girl. That was a quote. And they married in 2014 and had their son Sawyer four years later. Joshua and Aaron loved to help others. Martin continued. They would often babysit for other couples who had moved away from their family and would get homesick. Uh, Martin remembered how Joshua would always want to put a smile on people's uh, so faces. So Josh was an absolute prankster. Uh, he loved getting a laugh and doing things that would immensely uh, make some folks embarrassed. Seeing a photo of him wearing a Yoda knit cap in the winter is totally normal for him. For his family, they used to have foam sword fights at Thanksgiving. Aaron was a former elementary school teacher in All Good, and Joshua worked at ATC Automation. The stories are heartbreaking, but it's important to bring the stories of these tornado victims to life beyond just the names. Assistance. It is a big part of this story. So many businesses, so many charities have reached out. So many individuals have reached out. We want to bring you the complete list as we have it of services that are available, of folks that are collecting items that are willing to help. Here is the complete list as we have it right now. Acceptance Insurance is offering water, snacks, grooming kits, charging stations, They're located in the Goodwill parking lot on South Jefferson Avenue in Cookville. They're open until 6 throughout the week. Volunteer Storage is offering for storm victims a 10 by 15 storage unit free for the first 30 days. You can call 403 Vols, 403 Vols for volunteer storage. Flat Veterinary Clinic on South Willow Avenue is accepting donations for pets affected by the tornado. They're in need of blankets, towels, and food. Flat Veterinary Clinic is at 804 South Willow Avenue. The Jig Head Brewing Company coordinating a donation drop-off spot in the vacant space next to Petco. They will get started at 8 a.m. Thursday morning. Non-cash donations of clothing, blankets, food, sleeping bags, first aid supplies. Monterey High School is performing Beauty and the Beast this week, and a portion of the proceeds will go to Tornado Relief. If you need a break from what has been a very uh, tough week for everybody in our community. 
You'll see their presentation Thursday through Saturday at 6.30 at Monterey High School. Baxter Church of Christ is asking that they cannot accept any more donations at this time, but they want to give clothes away. They will have their youth building open tomorrow, beginning at 8 a.m. at 224 Buffalo Valley Road. They'll be open from 8 until 8 tomorrow at Baxter Church of Christ. The American Legion wants you to know that the emergency disaster assistance is available to members of the American Legion or to sons of the American Legion. Applicants must be displaced because of damage to property or residences. You can call Rich Buford for more information from the American Legion. St. Michael's Episcopal Church holding a soup supper tonight. Anyone affected by the storm is invited to attend. First Baptist Church in Baxter is also serving dinner tonight. If you are a volunteer and you need saws or other tools sharpened, Sellers Cycle Repair in Allgood is sharpening tools free at this hour. They're at 486 East Main Street in Allgood, Sellers Cycle Repair. Cookville First Methodist Church in partnership with Cookville First Presbyterian Church, Cookville Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and St. Michael's Episcopal Church will be holding a community prayer service that gets underway here at the bottom of the hour at First United Methodist Church. Double Springs Church of Christ on Norton Drive has restrooms available. They can charge electronics. They can get food and personal hygiene products there at the church. Doors open all day at the Double Springs Church of Christ. Charities Bake Shop in Sparta has a donation drop available. They're located at 406 North Spring Street in Sparta. They're looking for things like tarps, batteries, duct tape, trash bags. We told you a few moments ago that the Cookville Putnam County Animal Shelter has created a photo album for displaced pets. If you are missing a pet, check on their Facebook page. UCHRA is offering transportation assistance during the tornado. If you uh, need transportation, 372-8000. That is 372-8000. A food and supply drive will be held at the Cane Creek Ball Fields. They're looking for food, supplies, and volunteers. Again, that's coming up this weekend at the Cane Creek Ball Fields. All Good Head Start is handing off donations. They're open from 7 until 3 today. The Baxter Youth Baseball League has teamed up with Baxter Primary School to offer hot food for all families affected by the storm. They're also going to have movies, s'mores, and more things for the kids. Uh, They'll be taking donations. You can drop those off at the Baxter Primary School. This event is going to be Saturday at 4 o'clock at the Baxter T-Ball Fields. Again, that's in cooperation with the Baxter Youth Baseball League and Baxter Primary School. The Home Builders Association has made the decision to postpone this weekend's home show. It has been moved until October 16th and 17th. They're asking all of us to use this weekend to volunteer your time and efforts to help those affected. Girl Scout troops taking donations of toys, books, and anything for kids at the local Napa Auto Parts locations across the Upper Cumberland today. Crown Wine and Spirits will have a bus full of supplies from Hippie Jack at their parking lot starting Thursday morning. Again, that's Crown Wine and Spirits on North Washington Avenue. New Beginnings Assembly of God, serving food to those who need it. They are located uh, at 2193 West Broad Street. That is New Beginning Assemblies of God. We have some other cancellations because of the storm. 
The Highland Students Job Fair scheduled for tomorrow has been canceled for this year. The Butterfly Kisses Ball at Cornerstone Elementary School canceled for this weekend. It will be rescheduled at a later date. We mentioned also, of course, that the uh, Upper Cumberland Home Show has been postponed uh, because of the storm. We remind you that the Cookville Community Center is open for distribution. There have been loads of product, loads of products, everything from food, non-perishable food, to water, to diapers, uh, to feminine products. All of that is available for dispersal at the Cookville Community Center, which is located uh, right next to Avery Trace School, and it is available to you. If you have been affected by the tornado, you need to take advantage of all of the donations that have been made available. Again, don't be shy. Get there and take advantage of this. Again, the Cookville Community Center. This is the information that we have at this point. Don't forget also that if you are an individual, if you are a company, if you're a church and you are still willing to volunteer in some way, help now at putnamcountytn.gov. Again, that's help now at putnamcountytn.gov. You can email uh, that uh, email address and just give your name, number, and what you're willing to do, and they will take that information. Rafferty, we also now know that the special fund has been set up uh, to help, it will go towards eventually helping the victims of this tornado. Yeah, the Cookville Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund, and it is set up at the Bank of Putnam County, of course, 19 branches across our area. There is a Venmo option that they were working on, I'm sure, well, I shouldn't say sure, but it was supposed to be up and online by the end of the day, we'll say it that. Is, it is up. Then. It is up then. Okay, so you have the Venmo option, or you can go to these banks directly, these branches, 19 of them across our region. 100% of what you give goes directly back to the victims of these tornadoes. And Mayor Shelton, who's really been providing all the information on on this monetary fund that's being set up, is str- really stressing that 100% of this is going to those victims of these tornadoes. Again, that is the Cookville Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund, and it is set up at the Bank of Putnam County, uh, the 19 branches across our area. And um, there is a Venmo option as well, and 100% of that going directly to the victims of the tornadoes. It feels as though some progress has been made today. We're down to three missing people that, uh, according to the TBI and Putnam County Emergency Management, the death toll has not risen today, which I know I think a lot of us were kind of holding our breath today as they have completed more of the search. Rafferty, let's recap what we know from the press conference that we heard just about an hour ago. About 90% of the search is complete at this time, what they call the second search and that 10% was that marshy, tall grass area that they had been talking about would be so important to this search today. They still lack about uh, 10% in regards to that. We have three missing, as Larry uh, just mentioned. They would be David Phillips, Diana Lynn Hamilton, and Michael Roberts. David Phillips, Diana Lynn Hamilton, and Michael Roberts. If you are one of those people or if you know the whereabouts of those three individuals, dial 646-INFO. That's 646-INFO and let authorities, officials know uh, whatever information you can provide. 
Um, no volunteers tomorrow. We do know that. That was stressed by Mayor Porter in the press conference. That's simply because there is still too much work left to do in the damage area that the influx of volunteers that came today made it extremely hard. Jimmy Gregory, who is the UCEMC Upper Cumberland Electric General Manager, kind of talked about that was a problem they were facing today. The sheriff's office was able to help alleviate those issues by you know, driving some of those volunteers out. You'll still have an opportunity to come and volunteer. They want all they can get when the time comes. And if you're interested in doing that and, and want to be a part of the volunteer effort, um, Help now at putnamcountytn.gov. Tell them, email that help now at putnamcountytn.gov. Let them know how you can help, what you can bring, um, anything that you can do to to help help the issue uh, out in that damage area along Highway 70. That's help now at putnamcountytn.gov. Uh, just some note a point of note here in about 45 minutes a curfew will go in effect in the um, highway 70 area the area affected by the tornadoes uh, that curfew will be from 7 p.m tonight until 8 8 a.m on thursday 7 p.m tonight until 8 a.m on thursday also a temporary flight restriction in the damage area sheriff ferris talked about requesting that from the federal aviation administration uh, their search efforts were affected by some low-flying aircraft in that area, and so they have asked for a temporary flight restriction in the tornado damage area. Um, also of note, <clears throat> not much to it, excuse me, but the, the skeletal remains, I'm sure that will be floating around on social media tonight. Those were found today amid the search out in... Um, the Highway 70 area, and Sheriff Ferris says that is not related at all to these tornadoes that that had been there for several years, he believes, and that's being worked as a death investigation by the Cookville Police Department. So important to note that if stuff starts floating out on social media, that skeletal remains not related to this uh, tornado situation. One other note, if you find or have found personal artifacts uh, in your yard uh, maybe pictures, uh, maybe keepsakes. Uh, if you have done that over the last couple of days, they are now collecting those at the Cookville Community Center, and hopefully they will be able to reunite those with owners. Again, if you have those items, you can drop those off at the Cookville Community Center. Uh, it has uh, been a, a day of some progress made, but the work will continue. Exhausted volunteers, exhausted emergency officials, as we uh, try to take the next step, as uh, we'll reach day three of this tornado disaster in Putnam County. Our coverage will resume at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning across all of our stations. And, of course, if the situation warrants at any time during tonight, we will, of course, break in and bring you the very latest information. It's 618 From News Talk 94.1 Sports. The coaches. The traditions. The game analysis. Hometown pride. The players. Celebrations. Disappointments. The special bond. The